in your Bible at Judges chapter 14. We read four, four verses only of this extended record. Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up, told his father and his mother, and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, get her for me to wife. And his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, or among all thy people, that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistine? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Turn with me again and stand with me, please, and sing from hymn number 210. And in the holy and the just, the sovereign of the skies stood down to wretchedness and dust that guilty man may cry. Yes, the Redeemer left His throne, His radiant throne on high, surprising mercy, love unknown, to suffer, bleed, and die. He took the dying traitor's place and suffered in his sin for sinful man. Oh, wondrous grace for sinful man he bled. Oh Lord, what heavenly wonders dwell in thy atoning blood. By this our sin 
sinners saved from hell and rebels brought to God. Thank you. You see it. It was my promise that we would begin on this Sabbath day to look in earnest, finally, at the record of this most controversial of all of Israel's judges. And so we shall. Of all the many different and varied ways in which this record can be and has been throughout history treated of all the many and varied ways that it can and has been treated. I wish to announce at the very outset my intended method clearly and up front. I hinted at it already in some one or more of my general observations on last week. In that message, I pressed on your hearts that Samson, in this divine record, was never intended to be to us a pattern or a model. That is, not in his person, not in his humanity. But rather, he was and is intended to be a type in his service to God. And I further said that as to his pattern, he is a hideous example. Even in the context of his own age of limited revelation. Even with the consideration of his context in limited revelation, he is a hideous example. But as a type, he is glorious indeed. While it is true that the word type, which we use so often, the word type itself is nowhere to be found in the whole of our Bible. Yet there are scriptures aplenty that make us to know that this, this figuring, this prefiguring, is everywhere written. Already in a previous message, I've referred several times to John chapter 5 and verse 39, where the Lord said, Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And it is, of course, that Greek word marturiho, from which we get our word martyr, testify. These are they that 
testify. What is a martyr but a testimony? Testifying the grace of God. And so this idea of figuring or prefiguring the Lord Jesus Christ, though the word type is not used, certainly prefiguring is the doctrine. Found there in John 5 verse 39. And then again in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days which are a shadow of the things to come. But the body is of Christ. Surely Colossians 2 and 17 teaches us this truth again when he speaks of a Shadow, the Greek word shika. A literal translation, or sorry, a literal definition of the word is interesting. This word shadow, it means a sketch or an outline that's cast by intercepting light. <laughs> shadow. A shadow is an outline cast by the interception of light. But oh, can I say this surely is a noble and accurate description of the sacred record of this man before us today, Samson. A prefiguring. He is a shadow that was cast an image by interception of light. A prefiguring. A type. And can I say that in nothing, in nothing does he more profoundly prefigure the Lord's Christ than in the events recorded in our text this morning. In short, as to my method, as we look at this record together, my method can be aptly described in the words of the Apostle in 1 Corinthians 2 and 2. I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. <laughs> and there you have it. The full length and breadth of my method. While we will, in passing together, gather some pebbles of practical instruction to our hearts, yet in the main road of our journey of exposition, we, like those hasty disciples in John chapter 6, we will seek Jesus. But not for the earthly bread as they did, but for loaves of bread eternal. We would seek Jesus. So then, now, with those general observations from the sermon last week, and with my declared purpose in your hand, I turn to our record in Judges 14 
And I want us to see Christ in the typology of this rich record of Samson. I would give them to you in no particular order, but as they have come to me from the text. I want us to see, number one, that his coming was determined and declared long beforehand. His coming was determined and declared long beforehand and I would show you that that arrival was specifically to be for Israel's deliverance. Chapter 13, you'll remember and verse 1, and the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines forty years, and there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and barren. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Verse 5, And lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be in that right unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. I want you to notice the parallel this morning in the typology. I want you to see that that Samson was a type, a prefiguring, a shadow of that that was the Lord Jesus Christ in that his coming was determined and his coming was declared long before his arrival and specifically he was brought for Israel's deliverance. Oh, what a type is this of that glorious antitype of which he speaks, the Lord Jesus Christ. See it with me in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Did the prophet by prophetic vision not say it? When he said in verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. What a description matching that of Samson. A child is going to be given, born. The government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth forevermore, and the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. He's coming, he's coming, he will be given, and when he comes, he's coming for deliverance. Hallelujah. Oh, what a type Samson is of this blessed deliverer. Chapter 7 of that same prophet in verse 14, it said, Therefore the Lord, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. 
Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. What's he doing? He's announcing. He's announcing. He'll be declared. He was declared. Was determined and he was declared before he came. Micah chapter 5 at verse 2. But thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me. That says to be ruler in Israel. Whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. This is not an earthly king. He speaks prophetically of. This is the king that will come. Oh, I could go backward all the way to Numbers, if you please, and chapter 24. Numbers and chapter 24. And verse 17, and read these words. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not now. There shall come a star out of Jacob. Hallelujah. And a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Seth. Do you see the two things? Combined again. Here's an announcement. Here's a proclamation. Here's a declaration that he's coming and he's coming for deliverance. Hallelujah. Oh, if you wanted to go backward, <laughs> you could go backward all the way to that proto evangelium in Genesis chapter 3 when he said, I will put enmity between thy seed between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The announcement, I've said to you that there is this glorious typology. There is this glorious typology. I've given you only a few verses. These and many, many more I could give you to tell you that this divine deliverer like Samson was predetermined and announced to be Israel's deliverer, and he was a Nazarite indeed, but not a Nazarite of the flesh alone, but of the Spirit, wholly given to God and without sin. This deliverer was announced, predetermined, and declared that he would come. John in chapter 19 and verse 4. Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. I'm telling you that this deliverer was declared, and like Samson, he was declared to be a Nazarite, not of the flesh, not a Nazarite of the flesh, but a Nazarite of the heart, 
holy, holy given to God and without sin. That same book, John chapter 8, look at his own testimony. In John chapter 8 and verse 45, John 8 and verse 45, he says, and because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not, but then he puts the question in verse 46, which one of you convinceth me of sin? Not a man in this building this morning would dare to take that question on his lips. But the Lord Jesus did. Which one of you convinces me? He was declared. It was announced, determined and announced that He would come before He came and that His purpose would be that He would be a Nazarite indeed and a deliverer. No wonder the blessed German writer writing of the hymns in ancient times said unto us, a boy is born. King of all creation. Came he to a world forlorn, the Lord of every nation. Cradled in a stall was he with sleepy cows and asses, but the very beast could see that he all men surpassed. Herod then with fear was filled. A prince, he said, in jury. All the little boys he killed at Bethlehem in his fury. Now may Mary's son who came so long ago to love us lead us all with hearts aflame unto the joys above us. Alpha and Omega he let the organ thunder while the choir with peals of glee doth rend the air asunder. This is the Christ to come. Oh, <laughs> his coming was announced. It was foretold before he came. Oh, here, here in Samson, all the way back to chapter 13, we have this glorious typology already begun. <laughs> Prepared. Announced. But secondly, I would have you to see in this typology and oh, this is the wonder of it all. This is the wonder of it all. I would have you to see in this second point of typology that he went down. Verse 1. Samson went down to Timnath to the daughters of the Philistines. And listen to this. Seeing this woman. He saw a woman. 
He saw a woman. A vile, outcast, uncovenanted woman. And he declared his purpose to have her. Verse 3, he said to his father, his father said, is there never a woman that you could have among the daughters of men that you'd go down to this uncircumcised Philistine? And Samson said to his father, get her for me. Oh, hallelujah. Here is the blessed gospel in a picture. Samson comes without her knowledge. Samson comes without her solicitation and chooses her and purposes to have her. And in having her, he sets about, verse 4 tells us, to destroy God's enemies. But his father knew not, and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. Hallelujah. Can I say it again? He came down. Without her knowledge, without her solicitation, and he chooses her, and he purposes to have her, that in having her, he might destroy the enemies of God. Hallelujah. What a type. Oh, how like our Christ is this. Romans chapter 11. In verse 11, I say then, have you stumbled that you, have they talking about Israel falling away and disowning him and, and not following, taking him as their Messiah? Paul addresses that question. He says, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But listen, rather, through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles. For to provoke them to jealousy now if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing, diminishing of them be the riches of the Gentiles. How much more their fullness. Oh. Verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits that blindness is part. It's happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Zion a deliverer. Hallelujah. And shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. And as concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as touching the election, they are beloved of the for the Father's sake. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. 
Oh, verse 32, God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. And then he bursts forth with this exclamation, Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding out. If you want an understanding, if you want a help, if you want a little help with understanding Samson, if you want a little help at dissertating, I mean, expositing those passages in in a, number, a Judges chapter 13, 14, and 15, if you need a little help, it's right here in this verse. Oh, how unsearchable are the judgments of God and past finding out. <laughs> past finding out oh he's he's gone down he's gone down and down there he saw a woman he said to his father get her for me oh but she's in that uncircumcised unclean nation Get her for me. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are uncircumcised. Is that not exactly what his father said about this woman? Why would you go down to those uncircumcised Philippians? Paul comes over here and writing to the Ephesian church and he says, I want to remind you, hey, you were in that crowd, that uncircumcised. Uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Why? That in that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God. Hey, but verse 13, but now, but now, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who are sometime afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. He came down. He came down. And he saw her. And he said, I'll have her. I'll have her. On and on I could go. Telling you that he came down. But now I ask one question and seek to answer it before we leave this point. Why? Why did he do that? Why would he do such a thing? Why would he go down and come up <laughs> and secure his father's blessings? Why would he do that? Well, can I suggest to you that our text provides us at least two answers to that question? Number one, it was in verse three. Sorry, verse four. 
it was an occasion against God's enemies. That's what the text says. It was an occasion against God's enemies. This deliverer came to crush God's enemies. And he starts out by choosing this woman. <laughs> Do you see it? Must I take you by the hand for you to see it? He has a purpose to crush the enemies of God. And so he takes this woman. Oh, does the scripture not fill this prophecy out for us? In Revelation chapter 11, in verse 15, the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. The four and twenty elders which sat upon, sat before God on their seats, fell down on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and washed and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. Hallelujah. The deliverer has come. To crush his enemies. Surely this is a purpose. Surely this is a purpose announced in verse 4. Oh, I looked in Revelation chapter 14 verse 1. I looked and saw a lamb. Stood on the Mount Sinai. With him a hundred and forty and four thousand. Having his father's name written in their forehead. And I heard a voice out of heaven. As the voice of many waters and the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with harps. And they sang as it were a new song before the throne. And before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women. For they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men being the first fruits of God to the Lamb. Victory, I'm telling you. Victory, he came to exercise victory and judgment over his enemies. Chapter 19, you know it well, I won't read it. After these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah! <laughs> Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. True, righteous, truth and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Oh, and you read the rest of the chapter, the smoke rose up forever and ever. Hallelujah. What is the scene? Oh, it's the scene of him taking vengeance on his enemies. And who is witness to that? Oh, can I tell you this morning? Who's witness to all those scenes? Read those chapters in Revelation. All along there's a witness, a host of witnesses. Can I tell you who's in the number? That woman, hallelujah. That woman, 
that woman that he came and chose and ordained to be his. That woman. Oh, I just want to say it again. He came down and he went up and he secured his father's blessing. And he might have this woman. And by having her, he began to deliver Israel and to destroy God's enemies. Oh, could I just say this eternal purpose to, in the words of verse 4, take an occasion. This eternal purpose of our God to take an occasion against his enemies is prefigured in Samson. And he did. But a second reason to answer the question, why would he go and do this? Why would Samson go and do this? Oh, I love this. Can I just say it to you? Because it pleased him. <laughs> Now I want you to look, if you got a good old King James Bible, you'll find out down there at the bottom of verse 3, there's a note about the translation. It reads, and Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for it is right in mine eyes. Oh, as a young believer, I was wrongly taught that Christ came down, that he went up, that he secured the Father's blessings, and that he did all of that because he was so grieved at man's sad plight. He just couldn't stand to sit up in heaven and see the poor suffering of humanity. That's basically the gospel I was given. God just couldn't stand it. Christ couldn't stand it. And so it moved him to come down. But can I tell you this morning, that is not the reason. If you want to know a reason for Bethlehem, if you want to know the reason for the Mount of Olives, if you want to know the reason for Herod's treacherous courtroom, can I just say it to you? If you want to know the reason for Calvary, you need look no further than this. It just Pleased him, hallelujah. It pleased him. It pleased him. It was right in his eyes for his purposes. <laughs> oh, it just pleased him. It suited his purposes. A right translation of verse 3 will more clearly convey this truth to our hearts 
as you see it in your King James margin. But blessed Bush helps us here when he says, the fact is, if we mistake not, Samson does not intend mainly to say in these words, she is well pleasing in my sight. For the original word is not an adjective. Having the sense of beautiful, engaging, or attractive. And I'll just give you a little footnote there. Later in chapter 15, her own father said she was not the prettiest one in the crew. Her sister was. But he goes on and he says, having not having the sense of beautiful, engaging, or attractive, but it is a verb conveying indeed the idea of right. Right relative to an end or a purpose or an object. In other words, she had a fitness for his purposes. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a better translation, brother. It takes us out of the realm of the flesh. And puts us in the realm of the Spirit. He saw her as having a glorious fitted purpose. Oh, could I just say it again? If you're looking for a reason for the coming of this deliverer, here it is. It pleased his purposes for his own glory and for the building of Israel. He's going to defend Israel. He's going to bring deliverance to Israel. And this woman suited his purposes. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a type. What a type. What a type. What a type is this man. Isaiah 53 and verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep for his shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people. Was he stricken? He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Listen, verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased the Lord. It pleased the Lord in that it satisfied his purpose. For his own glory. Oh, I was taught wrong with all that sentimental sentimentalism about why he came. Here's why he came. It served his purposes. Pleased him to glorify himself in this way because he's going to deliver a people. Israel. Didn't Paul say that? Didn't Paul testify that? 
when he said in Galatians chapter 1 verse 15, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me. Oh, it just pleased him. Just pleased him. I don't need to search any further than that. It pleased him. Why would he come down here and see this woman? Why would he go up? Why would he secure his father's blessings? Why would he do all of this? Even his father, his earthly father, was somewhat confused by it because he didn't understand that God had a purpose. Oh, you'll find no cause in man. Only in the sovereign, free, inexplicable will of the deliverer. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. The hymn writer said, Eternal election preserves me secure. I live by that sovereign decree. Redeemed by my Savior and called by His power, I worship with covenant three. Tis grace unexpected my spirit now sings. Emerging from the regions of night, my heart put in tune to celestial things gives praise for the dawning of light. From chambers of death and defilement I rise, my robes of pollution lay by. New clothed by my Savior approved in His eyes, I sing of His friendship with joy. I did not suppose it. <laughs> oh, I wonder how many of my Arminian brethren would stand up and testify these words. I did not suppose it, but now I believe He died as a surety for me. Through His crucifixion by faith I received salvation complete and free. When Adam our father revolted and fell, mankind became guilty and dead. Free grace still prevented from falling to hell the members who stood in their head. <laughs> Amen. I did not suppose it. I did not suppose it. But now I believe he died as a surety for me. Or another hymn writer said how vast the benefits divine which we in Christ possess. We're saved from guilt and every sin and called to holiness. It's not for works which we've done or shall hereafter do, but He of His abounding love salvation doth bestow. The glory, Lord, from first to last is due to Thee alone. Ought to ourselves we dare not take or rob thee of thy crown. Our glorious surety undertook redemption's wondrous plan and grace was given us in him before the world began. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, what a type, Samson is. What a type. 
Samson is. Why did he do it? It pleased him. I'll give you one more quickly and I must close. I want you to see his typology in that he secures the Father's ordination. Verse 2 says, He came to his Father and asked his Father to give her to him. What a type is this? Oh, what a glorious gospel type is this? He goes to his father and secures from his father his ordination. He should ordain this matter for him. John chapter 12 and verse 49. He said, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which has sent me, he gave me a commandment. <laughs> what I should say and what I should speak, and I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said to me, so I speak. Oh, this blessed deliverer of ours, this blessed deliverer of ours, he has secured the commission from the Father. Chapter 10 and verse 47, My sheep hear my voice and I know them. They follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. No man shall be able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Oh, he secured the commission from the Father. What a type, I said, what a type. Oh, eternally coexistent and co-equal. The Son, now listen to me, the Son has no purpose but that it is to do the will of His Father. Samson goes down. You can read it for yourself. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 39. He went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, as thou wilt. I said he secured the Father's commission and he would do nothing until he had it. Whoa, what a glorious gospel type is this 
Samson. The hymn writer Isaac Watts said, We give immortal praise to the God, to God the Father's love. For all our comforts here and better hopes above, He sent His own eternal Son to die for sins that man had done. To God the Son belongs immortal glory too who bought us with his blood from everlasting woe, and now he lives and now he reigns and sees the fruit of his own pain. God the Spirit's name, immortal worship give, whose new creating powers makes the dead sinner live. His work completes the great design and fills the soul with joy divine. Almighty God to thee be endless honors done. The undivided three and the mysterious one where reason fails with all her powers, their faith prevails and love adores. The Father, the Father, Samson secures the commission from the Father to have her. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Bless his holy name. What a type. What a type. God willing, we'll try to see more next week. Turn with me and stand with me, please. We sing together number 253. No more, my God, I boast no more of all the duties I have done. I quit the hopes I held before to trust the merits of thy son. Now for the love I bear his name, what was my gain? I count my loss, my former pride I call my shame and nail my glory to his cross. Yes, and I must and will esteem all things but loss for Jesus' sake. Oh, may my soul be found in Him and of His righteousness partake. Obedience of my hands 
There's love appear before thy throne. My faith can answer thy demands by pleading what my Lord hath done.